In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 26. Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants, I will give you all these lands. And I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and I will give you your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac lived in Gerar. When the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, She is my sister, for he was afraid to say my, my wife, thinking the men of the place might kill me on the account of Rebekah, for she is beautiful. It came about when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of Philistine, looked out through a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was caressing his wife, Rebekah. Then Abimelech called Isaac, said, Behold, certainly she is your wife. How then did you say she is my sister? And Isaac said to him, Because I said I might die on account of her. Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the people might easily have slain your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech charged all the people, saying, He who touched his man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Now Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year in hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks, and herds and great household, so that the Philistine envied him. Now all the wells which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistine had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. But then, when, but when Isaac's servants dug in the valley of the founder a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, The water is ours. So they named the well Ezek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Sitna. He moved away from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So they named it Rehoboth. For he said, At last the Lord has made room for us, and he will be fruitful in the land. Then he went up and from there to Beersheba. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. 
I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abram. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servant dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with his advisor Ahuzat and Fickel, the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? They said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, Let there now be an oath between us, even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you, and have done to you nothing but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Then he made them a feast, and they ate and drank. In the morning they arose early and exchanged oaths. Then Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. Now it came about on the same day that Isaac's servant came and told him about the well which they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to, his, to this day. And then when Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Basimah, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. Good morning. The title of today's message is Like Father, Like Son. God is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He had a plan, he had a purpose. Let me remind you of the large view or the wide view of Scripture, and then we go to the narrow view, which is the life of Isaac. In the view of all Scripture, we know that God told Adam to multiply and fill the earth. He fell and sin propagated in the world. And then in the times of Noah, God destroyed many humans and animals, except for the family of Noah. And Noah told, God told Noah, fill the earth, multiply and fill the earth. However, in chapter 11, as sin kept growing, the people said, we will not spread out. We want to stay in one place Build a tower that will reach heaven. It is an act of defiance against the explicit will of God. In their defiance, God, instead of destroying them with another flood, gave them mercy. So he confused the languages. Each one, each family was given a different language. Therefore, they were forced to spread out because they could not understand one another. One thing we learn... It is hard to go against the will of God. Amen? Amen? They spread out. However, as they spread out, God had a plan to bless all of them still in His goodness and kindness, to bring them back in relationship with God. The first step was the call of Abraham. He was told explicitly by God that I will bless you. Get out from your father's house. Spread out. Go to the land I will show you, and I will bless you. I will bless you. I will multiply you. And you shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth. 
all the nations of the earth. Take note, the immediate context, the immediate chapter before that was the scattering of people with different languages. Abraham would be a blessing to all of them still. God would call Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He would choose a family line that would become a nation. And one day Christ will be born through that nation. The Son of God will be born through that nation. And the Son of God was born, he died, he was resurrected, and he gave the commission to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, all ethne, the exact word. Ethne meaning the different languages and peoples. Ibat lenguaje at lahe. That's why real missions, my friends, is cross-cultural missions. Crossing the boundaries of language. Reaching people of other languages. It's not geopolitical nations when you, we talk about the Great Commission. It is ethne. There are still 8,000 ethne left. People of different tongues. Overall, there's 24,000 globally. There's still 8,000 left. And Christian organizations, churches, have been planning, sending out teams to these remaining 8,000 for what? To finish the job of making disciples of all ethne. It's not just us reaching our fellow Bicolanos or fellow uh, same people with the same language. It is going cross, it has to be crossing cultures, especially peoples who have not been shared the gospel. There is no strong viable witness. And it is my desire with us as a body, and it is our hope that one day we can send, we can participate in this global enterprise of God in reaching the nations, the ethnes of the world. That's why we started with learning to pray, reading the Bible, teaching us to disciple, teaching us to fellowship, reaching out to others, being equipped. For what purpose? So that just the family, our family, our church family would just become bigger? No, not just that. It is wonderful that the family of God gets bigger. However, the real purpose is to send teams, even families, people from, uh, to cross borders, if not to cross borders, even within our own city, to cross cultures and share the gospel. But the good thing is we were successful. Well, why am I speaking the past tense? You see, sometimes you just have to read the end of the book to get rid of all the suspense and the fear. Some of my children did that when they were young. They would read the last chapter and see how it ends. I said, you're stealing away the suspense. No, no, but I like it. You see, sometimes I just go at the end of the book and saw that every tongue, tribe, and nation in the book of Revelations would be worshiping God. Every tongue, meaning every language that was scattered once upon a time, that became nations, will be reached out. That is the view of Scripture that is wide. Now, let's go to this man, Isaac. Maybe he has no idea of the grand plan of God. And, you know, sometimes in our own lives, if we just look at what's happening to us, we may have no idea of the overall grand plan of God. But I say to you, I want our church family to participate in that grand plan. Would you like to participate? Ah, oh, so passive. So passive. It means it may be new to you, but that's why I said study all Scripture. 
And when you study all scripture, you understand that there is a grand plan and there is a plan specifically for us and even for our own lives and families. In this narrow perspective now, there was a plan for this family, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. God has a plan. And uh, we begin here seeing something familiar, a famine in the land. There was a famine in the land, like in the days of Abraham. But this was a different famine, another famine. It came again, and sometimes famines are cyclical, depending on the weather. And, and this time there was a famine. But God, when he, God mentioned to Isaac his plan that he, as promised to Abraham, his line would be a blessing to all the families of the earth. It was confirmed by God, affirmed by God, the promise to Abraham. And go to this place, so he went to uh, Gerar, or Gerar, whatever you feel like. <laughs> so uh, he was there, and a familiar situation was, when he was asked, is this your wife? He said, no, my sister. Like father, like son, could not defend the honor of their wives. Nobody's perfect, right? So just like, you know, the thing about the Bible, what I like about the Bible, the characters in the Bible are not perfect. And God allowed it to be shown. And I thank God for that. Because as I see Abraham making that sin, mistake, and Isaac too, then I realize, well, they're not perfect. I'm not perfect too, so maybe God can use me. Amen? So if they're not perfect, as long as they have faith, the desire to serve God, they want to obey, and they, they want to dedicate their lives. But even though perfection is far from us, yet God can use us. Because at times that can be a lie from the devil saying to us that God will never use you. God, you will never be instrumental in the kingdom of God because you have so many mistakes, so many sins. You've messed up life so much, therefore you are useless. The truth is, we can be useful for God if our hearts want to be useful for God. It starts within. But then God has a plan, like father, like son. Well, like father, like son, because a promise was affirmed by God, amen? And like father, like son, even the mistakes. So I keep praying, Lord, may my children be better than me. And I hope they don't magnify my mistakes because no father is perfect. And uh, children, sons... Uh, do not expect your father to be perfect. And, uh, but we fathers must strive to be the perfect father to our children. And so it's a big deal to be an example to them. It's a big deal to be a model to our children. Even though we know we are not perfect and we will never be perfect, but we must not stop in striving to be the best that we can be and a good example to follow for our sons and uh, our daughters. So... Uh, but Abimelech, through a window, saw that huh, Isaac was caressing his wife. Do you know what the King James Version said? And he saw Isaac sporting with his wife. That's the very first ever in the Bible mention of sports. Okay? <laughs> so <laughs> he saw Isaac sporting with his wife, and definitely she's not your sister. So Abimelech called. This is not the same Abimelech as Abimelech with Abraham, who was really was in trouble then, you know. And uh, and uh, uh, he said, but this Abimelech learned from the previous Abimelech. He said, hey, why did you say that? We could have taken your wife or your sister, as you said, but she was your wife. 
And you could have brought guilt upon us. Somehow the fear of the Lord was put in them. Perhaps the, the experience of Abraham and Sarah were them. So he had to admit. This was also the second time where Father Abraham was rebuked by a non-believer of Yahweh for his mistake. And Isaac too was rebuked by a non-believer of Yahweh for his mistake or his sin. And sometimes, friends, I'd like to say that sometimes God would use non-believers to rebuke us. So when they say to you, Yan ba ang Christian? Don't always close your ears. Maybe they have a point. Perhaps they have a point. Not always because they will watch your every move. Uh, that Yes, it's a, it's a pressure to say, to name Christ in our lives and to try and to be pure and holy. It is a challenge for all of us. Yet, we must face up with that challenge. But Isaac was rebuked by Abimelech. So God blessed Isaac tremendously. So he was able to plant. There was a famine in their land. He went to uh, Gerar and he planted there and he harvested a hundredfold. Oh, that's the fun part of agriculture when it works, right? You plant a seed, you harvest a hundredfold. Like if you plant one cacao seedling, how many cacao fruits do you get? A lot, right? So the lesson for this morning is plant cacao, okay? Uh, no, no, that's not the lesson. Uh, <laughs> that, so you see, in Bible interpretation, don't get lost with the trees. With the tree, look at the forest, okay? This, is God, the, this was only incidental. God is not teaching agriculture at this part, okay? Uh, that's careful Bible interpretation. So I just use that as an example to wake you up. So uh, no, not that you're asleep. You're very much awake. So God bless him. The point is God blessed Isaac. He worked at it. He worked hard at it, and God blessed Isaac. Why did God bless Isaac? Why do you think God blessed Isaac? Because he's a good boy? He just lied in the context. No, because God has a plan. Take note, my friends, God would sometimes bless us, oftentimes bless us, not because we are good boys and girls. Take note, it is always by grace, meaning because he has a plan. You see, I've seen one person work so hard, and, but, and they are so intelligent, and another person works so hard, and they're also intelligent, and one person ends up being blessed more than the other. Is it unfair? No, there's just a plan there. And do not, do not say, Lord, it's unfair. Who are we to question God? God has a plan, always has a plan. And we may not understand it yet, but we just have to trust God with it. What is your plan? King David was blessed. Solomon was blessed. John the Baptist was, has a different blessing. He had the, the blessing of introducing the Messiah. But he had no palaces. He, could not even, he wasn't fashionable at all. And his menu, his, his diet was not desirable, especially for me. What's that? Crickets? <laughs> so God blessed Isaac, and he was blessed. He harvested a hundredfold because God has a plan for this family. This family would become a nation. God had to bless this man. And he had many servants and manservants, meaning uh, he was protected. Like Abraham was able to develop a, a, a mini army, okay, a private army, if you so to speak. So God had to bless this person, Isaac. However, whenever he would look for, oh, take note, because Abraham had a lot of cattle had a lot of sheep, okay? Now, it's the first time that Isaac, in his family line, somebody went into planting, okay? So there was flocks, and, Ab and Isaac also had these flocks, so they need water. 
So they looked for the, the wells that Abraham dug up, and then the people of the land, the Philistines, would, would cover it at once, quarrel with them. You know, something about Isaac. He's, Isaac is a, a person who does not like to fight. So they quarrel against him. He just moves. And then he dug, digs another well, and then people come to him. You should not be here. Why was he being driven away, even Abraham? This was Abraham's wells. Because if you have water, you might stay. And they did not want him to stay because they perceived him to become powerful. So they always drove him away. Part of it was envy to push them away. So he was pushed away again. And he dug another well. And then he was pushed away again. People always fighting against him. But he does not like to fight. So he just kept moving and moving and moving until one day... Nobody fought against him at last. So you know what happened. This was what happened. Because of the famine, God told him to go to a place. So just to survive, just to survive, go to a place. And he was blessed. And he kept moving and moving and moving and moving. He was being pushed away. And you know where he ended up? Back to the promised land. God's purpose was for him to come back to the promised land. Sometimes you enjoy the blessing so much, you, wanna, you don't want to go back to God's plan. So my friends, some insights here. When there is crisis, when there are crises, plural, and problems in our lives, do not always reject it. In fact, we should say, give me wisdom, Lord, what I should do. For Isaac, instead of fighting, he just kept moving. And still, he ended up where God wanted him. There are times God would give us problems. God would give us situations that we feel are not so nice. Instead of complaining, we should trust God and say, Give me wisdom, Lord. I trust you with what's happening. Give me wisdom with what's happening. I want your wisdom. And if I have your wisdom, Lord, then show me why. And in fact, God showed him why. And he, God appeared to Isaac and again confirmed. And uh, uh, God said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant, Servant Abraham, that's in verse 24, that God would bless you. I will bless you because I'm the God of your father, Abraham. And we have an agreement, a covenant, an agreement. And take note that covenant is important. A covenant with Abraham is fulfilled in Christ. The new covenant, the Abrahamic covenant is fulfilled in Christ, which is make disciples of all nations, meaning we shall bless the nations through Christ and with Christ. Ah, wow. God blessed him. And then Abimelech shows up <laughs> with, with the Philistines, uh, his advisors. What did Abimelech do? So Isaac said, okay, what are you doing here? You just, you didn't want me there. Now you're coming here. Why are you here? And, and Abimelech said, we just want to make sure we have peace. You see, now we know God is with you. We want to make peace. Make peace with us that you will not, let me paraphrase, annihilate us in the face of the earth. We want to make peace with you. So Isaac made peace with them. At last there was peace. And that was what Isaac was also looking for, some peace. Some insights here again, sometimes forget those who fight you, the enemies who make you enemies. Do not respond with evil.
Do not think evil. Just pray for God's blessing upon them. The Bible did say, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Vengeance does not belong to us. It belongs to God. It does not, I'll repeat it, revenge does not belong to us. It belongs to God. The more you hold it in your heart, the more your body will be destroyed. And your soul, your, your thinking, your emotions will be destroyed. That's why God said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So we give it to God. So what do we do? We pray that the Lord would bless those who made us their enemies, that the Lord would bless them with salvation, that the Lord would bless them with understanding from God's word. And you see, here they understood that God is with you and we want to make peace. Even our enemies would come to us and make peace with us if we just focus. Focus on what? Focus on the will of God. Focus on the word of God. And that's the safest place. Just focus on the word of God. Let God be the one to bless you. If you say, why am I not as blessed as that? Do not think that way because the most important thing is fulfilled to fulfill God's plan in our lives. Not to be richer than who? That is a worldly mindset. Does it really matter if that guy has that? Oh, I have to have that. So, you know, in marketing and sales, we were discussing, especially the OFW, some parts of Canada. If you sell to one that's really cool and unique, everybody will have one. You know, that's why when... when when my, my, our friends who, who, who import the, those Vidyoke microphones, when they started marketing abroad, one Filipino family has that. All Filipino families will have that. There was even one point, one part there dug up a swimming pool. I said, that's crazy. Swimming pool in Canada, are you serious? It's pretty cold there, you know? You have to wear a, a, a thermo something just to take a, take a dip on the, on, in the sea, in their beach. And... Uh, but one dug up a swimming pool, and then the neighbors also had swimming pools. Oh, my. I hope we are not like that here. Are we like that? Are you like that? I hope not. I hope not, except may we only have a godly envy of having Christ in our hearts. If somebody has a good relationship with Christ, and maybe that is what we should desire. Lord, I also want a good relationship with you, and that's perfect. But when it comes to material things, that's not right. If you are blessed more than the others, take heed that your wealth would be used for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. Take heed. For what purpose is wealth? Wealth is simply a tool to fulfill the purposes of God in our lives. Wealth is not evil by itself. The love of it is. It's a tool. We don't love it. We don't crave for it. We see it as a necessary tool to help improve the earth for the glory of God. So uh, Abimelech makes peace with, with Isaac. And that, that, for me, that's amazing. After being pushed around for so long, after being bullied for so long, suddenly they became afraid. They became afraid of Isaac. They foresaw the future of this family. Wow, for the future of this family. And then lastly, well... It didn't all end up too nicely also, though truly Isaac was a model, a guy who is a model. He's a model, okay? He's a one-woman man, amen? So, you see, he had no problems with women. While Abraham, because of this, of course, it was also the suggestion of Sarah, and then the, there was Hagar and etc., and uh, that became a problem. And Jacob was deceived uh, of having the wrong first wife, and he had to get a second wife. That also became a problem. A lot of headaches for him. 
because it's in scripture that says, do not give your strength to women. And those who do will end up like a loaf of bread, will be reduced to a loaf of bread. That is wisdom. Even though in the Old Testament they were not condemned for it, it was wisdom to stick to one good wife. Not many good wives. Amen? Okay. <laughs> Just one. And then in the New Testament, of course, uh, we are told that we are, should be one women, men, be married to one wife. Now, Esau, we had a problem. Verse 34, please. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Biri, the Hittite, and Basimath, and the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. Two Hittites. The problem with having two Hittites, they were idolaters. Take note, in the family of, of Abraham, they worshiped Yahweh. That's why uh, the son Isaac, Isaac must, a wife must be taken from their family, not from the land, because the land are full of idolaters. They worship other gods. And it was so important that the line must be preserved. So it is a big deal who you marry, friends. It is a big deal because the line must be preserved. The line of those who fear God. And, uh, and Jacob, even Rebecca said, go to my, fa my, my family, find a wife there. Of course, during that time, they were slowly also being influenced by idolatry as well, already. You see, idolatry spreads very fast. That's why in the time of Moses, they had to institute it. As an institution, it cannot be done because there's always a curse with idolatry. So God has a plan for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the line was important. That's why it's a big deal, fathers, to have a sense of call for you. Lord, what is my calling? And so that uh, you may share that calling with your children. And some of them might respond to the same calling. Maybe it could be God's plan or not. But it is important that the line of belief must continue. Those who fear God, who serve God, and love God. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And for those who are still single, who are not yet fathers, pray, Lord, give me a sense of call. Make clear my calling first before you choose a wife. And when you choose a wife, make sure the sense of call is important so you can invite, this is my calling, this is what I want to do. I need a companion. I need a ministry partner to fulfill this call. Because it wasn't just getting married. Isaac was to fulfill the line where Messiah, that they will become a nation and Messiah would be born. It was very important. It was clear that it wasn't Esau. The choice was Jacob from the start. God knew. Before they were born, it was Jacob, not Esau. So God knew that this guy would be a pain. Oh, Lord, give me children who will not be a pain to me. And everybody say amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the kind of pain that they received was more of what? Understanding that Yahweh, that their father Abraham, wanted them to marry God-fearing women because they did not. And they brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So parents, when do we pray for our children on who they will marry? While they are still in the womb, we pray for them. Still in the womb, we pray, Lord, prepare the partner, Lord, from wherever in the world they are. If he is not born, let him be, or let her be born now, we pray. But not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Lord, just suggesting. 
You pray right now. Then they're born and you keep praying and praying and praying. Some get it wrong. They only pray when their children are teenagers. Of course you have to pray. He likes that one. Oh, Lord, no, 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 no. Too late. (laughs) No, sorry, not too late. Never too late. Keep praying. But I say, while they are still young, or still not born even, we pray. Why? It's a big deal. Why? See, I have a heritage in Christ. The promise to Abraham is through Christ. I'm not Abraham. I'm not Isaac. But in a way, I'm part of that lineage through Christ. And I have that in Christ. Because the, the blessing of Christ known into, in the book of Romans is the blessing that came from Abraham as well. And, and that blessing is in me that I want to pass on to my children. And my prayer is they marry the right person that they may be partners in this global enterprise to reach the nations of the world. We have to be part of that. You see... If it means nothing to you one day on Judgment Day, it's a big deal in heaven what I'm preaching to you right now. And if you didn't want and you didn't care, oh, let me use a human term, you're not part of the (laughs) in-group. I'm just using a very human, carnal term. You're part, not part of the in-group. You're in the (laughs) out-group. So when, when awards will be given, part of it would be who were faithful to the plan of God to reach the nations. So I say even to my beloved elders here, we are not yet part of this global enterprise. We are uh, reaching, we call regular missions, reaching out to fellow Bicolanos. And that's not bad. We should continue that. But one day I hope we would mature enough. That's why we started by read your Bible, pray every day. Learn to share the gospel. Learn to bring people to Christ. And learn to lead small groups. We started with these basic stuff. Because how can we send when we can't even do it here? And we are being ignored sometimes. Read your Bible every day. (laughs) I forgot. Are you finished with Matthew? Pastor, almost there, almost there. Almost on the 12th chapter. How long have you been reading Matthew? Uh, 12 months, Pastor. What? One chapter every month? That's too slow. When you feel you're part of God's plan, oh boy, it's exciting. You feel in the center of God's will. It's more than just paying the bills. You see, even God takes care of that. (laughs) Even God takes care of that. When you're so focused on what I have to spend, what do you think I feel? Okay? When my parents say, you know, your children should study abroad, what do you think I feel? Huh? Oh boy, that's doing my computation. That's several millions of pesos. Uh, Anak? Maganda sa UP. UP ka na lang. Uh, magmasters ka na lang sa UP. Mas mura eh. But I said, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. If you want to be part of it, like Isaac was part of it, he was blessed by God. And the safest place is to what? To be in the center of God's will. And who you marry is a big deal for God because that one you will marry should be so linked with you in fulfilling the purpose of God. If not, just do the purpose of God alone. Yes. So parents, what do we do? We pray for our children. But let me give a suggestion. Forgive me for taking time. You prayed too long. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> so forgive me for extending a little time. <laughs> no offense, brother. Okay. Uh, 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 so parents with little children and, 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 and teenagers or what, what, what do we do? We pray for them, but also what? You, we can never decide who will they marry. It's still up to their decision. Whether they did right or wrong, do not blame yourself. But here's the thing. What can we do? We plant the seed of wisdom in their minds. But not only plant the seed of wisdom in their minds, we have to build relationships with other families. You set up the stage without choosing for them. How do you set up the stage? Visit families. Interact at the phileo level. Remember? Agape, phileo, eros, uh, storge. Phileo is brotherly love. Create that atmosphere. Visit families. Invite families to your home. Build honest relationships. And just hope that a godly woman or man would be linked to your son or daughter. But if that is not within God's will, then you always pray God's will be done. Why? It's either heaven on earth or hell on earth. No, pastor, sometimes it's like purgatory. It's as good as hell. <laughs> Purgatory is married, not cold, not hot. We're okay, but we're not that interested with each other. It's still bad. What do you think is that? Neutral? There's nothing called neutral in marriage. It's either it's good or it's bad. <laughs> or it can be better in the kingdom of God. You see, God has a plan for you. Why do you know Christ? If you honestly know Christ, there is a purpose. Every broken relationship, God can fix. Amen? Every mistake done in the past, God can make whole. Oh, yes, I have seen that by God's grace. Of course, there are consequences to our sins, but God can still bless certain unions, even if the union wasn't done properly, even if what it is in your past, but if both of you dedicate yourself to the Lord, God can create something beautiful with you and your lineage. Take note, we are not just living here for us. We're living for the next generation. Don't you get it? We're here for the next generation. If it's still all about you, please grow up. It's all about what I like, what I dream of. It's not just you. It's now also about what your children's dreams are and how you can support them. And if their dream is in line with the kingdom of God, hallelujah. Yes, sure, sure, it's partially about you. Partially. But if you haven't seen that, it's for the next generation. Because we will go. Life is like a vapor. Huh? Life is like a vapor. Once upon a time, you were 16. Now you're 60 plus, right? So it, it happened so fast. Amen? Oh, 70. I'm sorry. Oh, praise God. We are blessed by, by men of wisdom here. We are blessed. Every church must have their old men of wisdom. So it, things happen so fast. Before you know it, you're graduating. It's in your last leg. So friends, if you're young, give it to the Lord your whole life right now so that when you reach a certain age, you will have no regrets and you're going to see the king and say, I can't wait to see the king. This year, R.C. Sproul, a great theologian, a wonderful person, theologian. I don't know him personally, but I've read his material. Fantastic theologian. He's gone home to be with the Lord. And he questioned so much Billy Graham's style of, of altar call, which I am in line with him. You cannot give false assurance of salvation just because they came forward and prayed. But Abraham has affected so much in terms of many people getting to know the Lord. We can't take that. And now he has gone home to be with the Lord. 
I don't think they're debating in heaven right now. <laughs> I think they're both worshiping the Lord Jesus right now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, soon and very soon, we will go home. But who will we leave behind? Billy Graham have left children who's carrying on his legacy of the gospel. Not the same gift as he does. One is more on social work. One is something uh, on, on, on social movement. But the grace, the, the gospel is being spread. And my hope and prayer is that us and our children, what we leave here, they may forget us, but may they never forget the heritage we give, which is a life in Christ. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you. For your grace and for your goodness, you have a plan for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You have a plan for our lives in Christ. And we know everything you do is in according to your plan. Our prayer, Lord, is that all of us here would submit to your plan. We submit to your general plan, yet, Lord, we pray for your specific plan for our lives and for our families. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that you would guide us. May we understand that even when crisis comes, we ask for wisdom. Because sometimes you use crisis to lead us to a certain path, to make us move until we go back to the center of your will. And that is what we want, Lord, the center of your will in everything. Because we know you have a plan. Father, I pray that you grow us, allow us to grow in Christ as we read and meditate Scripture, as we meditate, as we are discipled and mentored. One day, we would be participants of that global enterprise. Some of us supporting those who will go. Some of us will be going. Some of us continuously praying for those who have gone. And some of us equipping here, people here, that one day we may send them. Father, we thank you for your grace. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.